The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hello, you are listening to The Weekly Dish, and this is the second helping edition of the podcast. Hi, Steph. Hi, Steph. Okay, so we were talking a little bit earlier, and a lot of people are still doing this January, so kind of healthy challenges. Have you heard of this Cooking 90? Because I wanted to ask you about it. I've heard of it, but now it doesn't, I can't, I'm not familiar, I'm not thinking about it right now. Well, you think it's Epicurious, isn't it? Maybe. You mentioned that Allie Kaplan is, um, that you were helping her to cook unprocessed foods. And what Cooking 90 is, is that you would in 30 days make 90 meals, 90 food uh, entries for yourself that none of them are processed. So you would cook 90 dishes essentially. Okay. But it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It is Epicurious. It's the Cook 90 Challenge, just so in case you're looking for it. And if you look on Instagram and you follow the hashtag Cook 90, a lot of people are doing this. Wow. It says... It's it's 90, so it's cooking three meals a day every day for an entire month. So it's yes. not 90 days. It's cooking every day three meals a day. Which, like, I love I cooking. I could not do that because my job is to go eat dinner. Yes, but even if, it, if, even if you were just, if your job was not to eat dinner or to eat out, like cooking, like, because if you make porridge, let's say, for a breakfast item, mm-hmm. you know, you're probably, every recipe is going to have a couple of servings. So is it that you literally have to cook three times a day? Because I my freezer would be overflowing. You, well, you have to work on your portion control. This is <laughs> your, your freezer issues eight. have nothing other to do than your portion control because you are cooking for two people. But think about that. Like if you, I mean, sure, you can make breakfast. All right, you're gonna make an egg. I do. I make breakfast every day. Lunch, like what are you gonna make? I like, would make. I would if I was a salad, a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I and then do dinner. That. And then dinner. I mean, like, yeah, this is not that hard. This is not far off, I think, what most weekly dishers do. I just think that we don't, we can never do it for, I, I'm not saying you guys couldn't do it. I'm saying I personally could never do it for exactly. Think how hard it would be, though. It would be really hard. Well, they have a new cookbook called Cook 90, the 30-day plan for faster, healthier, happier meals. I don't think necessarily even that it would have to be, like, you could still do your batch cooking on a Sunday. And you could eat your leftovers. And, yeah, I think cooking, if you batch cooked on a Sunday, you could definitely, like, have chili on a Wednesday because you made it on Sunday. Right, right. That, that would probably count. Um, but they do have, like, they have a whole starter guide on the Epicurious website, um, you know, in terms of just helping you get, you know, into the, into like into like, the vein of it all. Um, but they're talking about how it's a healthier, smarter, and happier cook. It's really a smart marketing gimmick on their part to try to get people more interested in cooking again. Oh, and they do talk about that it is getting into the habit of meal planning and you and learning to batch cooking. So they are very much, that's a huge part of this, which is, of course, the way that we've all learned is the easiest way to be a cook in the busy world. And you, like, I mean, you're cooking for you and one other person primarily now, but in the day, oh, like, yeah. you cooked for a big family so can you just walk me through, like, let's just say most of your kids were uh, age 14 and below. Like, what was a weekly meal planning like at your house? Uh, Like, did you cook every meal? No. 
Now, I don't think that's I, again. This is the thing. It's like I don't. I, we are restaurant people too. I mean, you can't really count that because we enjoy going to restaurants right. like, as much as that is. Would you go out with the family all the time? We would always, in fact, we used to go to Pittsburgh Blue in uh, Maple Grove once a week. Yep. And that was a lot of because my ex-husband had, you know, partly some business associations with that. But again, because we are restaurant people, you know, we don't feel that like, you know, it's, we don't do the thing where you sit, we don't go through McDonald's drive through Like, that's the part of it that we don't do. And we don't go like, oh, well, I don't know, let's just eat these frozen burritos. You know, we would rather do things that are intentional and whether that's cooking or in a restaurant. Yeah. And so for me, I don't, I I believe in the cook 90, the idea of it. I believe that I I think I cook more than I eat out and I eat out for a living. So think about that. Um, But it's also. I eat out more than I cook. Do you? Yeah. And I love cooking. It's just, it's I mean, when I consider about, I consider that I, I don't ever cook myself. I guess, I guess I don't. I don't also eat three meals a day, you guys. I don't either. And that is a weird thought. I eat breakfast because I make my kid breakfast. I eat, um, I if I eat a lunch, it might be a salad that I grab from Green in the Grain in the same building. Or it may be like an orange and some almonds that I grab, you know, that I have on hand. Yep. Um, and then I eat maybe, sometimes I have to eat two dinners, you know, or sometimes I have to go to happy hour and have a snack thing and then have a dinner. And so it's like I don't eat like I don't eat in any sort of way that fits into a lot of these models. I am basically down to one meal a day. Yeah, pretty much. What was funny is uh, this last week I, you know, I traveled and whenever I'm in a plane, I always feel like I am getting exposed to all these germs and I'm fighting off getting sick after a a flight, which is usual. I felt like one day this week, I, it was Tuesday. I flew on Saturday. On Tuesday, I was fine until about 1 o'clock, and then I just felt, like, so low. Oh. And I just felt like, ooh, I don't feel right, and I was supposed to do some broadcast stuff, and I canceled everything and just went home. And all I wanted to eat was carbohydrates. Like, yeah. literally, I ate a gigantic thing of popcorn. I ate a gigantic thing of risotto. I was, like, mainlining carbohydrates. It was weird how much I wanted them and greens. That was the other thing. Huh. And that was like three days of that. Yeah. And then I'm feeling better now. So I almost feel like somehow my body needed yeah. like oh, I that absolutely. for whatever reason. And right. then. I don't know. I feel like I, and I get it because even cooking 90 says like in their little intro piece, they're about, they're about saving cooking. They're like, because cooking is dying. And I don't know if I, I do understand that, that the way that uh, it may have been perceived of home cooking in the past versus the cooking in the future. But I also don't feel that you can call something dying. I think it's evolving. Yeah, and, and like I, meal kits, that's yeah, not dead. That's not dead. And I think that there's different ways. And I think that we as a population are in a very interesting place where we're evolving along with technology and it's happening fast. And that causes people to have fears of loss of things, but they're not really looking at the things that they're gaining. And there's so much more that we do now and know now. Um, and the way that we cook and the way that there are people who are making businesses based on, you know, on on counseling people on their nutrition and cooking mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And it's changing people's lives. But I don't think it's, I think that you have to also then just change the way you see how you eat. And I think that that's allowable. And it's hard when someone's like, do this into this format and you will be happier and healthier. And again, that's so subjective. Can I bring up something that's an uncomfortable conversation for me? And I've been thinking about it a lot and okay. you're going to just like, oh, so 
you know, we talk, you and I, and I believe in healthy eating. I believe that you can really change your life based on what you eat. I believe food is medicine. I believe food is health. And I have a really complicated relationship with alcohol because a lot of the people in my family are addicts. My mom was a recovering alcoholic. And I never really drank until I was probably, I don't know, like in my 20s. I didn't really drink in high school. I had a sister that was killed in a drunk driving accident, and that really made an impression on me. And as I was thinking about, like, talking with my daughter, we're I'm trying to, you know, figure out for her. She's trying to figure out how to eat healthier. And a 20-something, you don't have a lot of money. You don't have a lot of cooking utensils. Like, how can you do that? And I was asking her about drinking, and she was like, well, I really, you know, I don't drink that much, Mom. I just don't. And so we were talking about that, and it's like it's so easy for me to talk with her about, like, you should eat this. You should be doing this for your healthy eating. Yet alcohol, not in moderation, and I don't know if I'm a moderate drinker. I don't think I am because I go out a lot and I drink a lot. It feels like, wow, it's so easy for me to talk about, like, health, health, health. But then alcohol, like, we don't really keep it in that same category of health. Because, like, having a glass of wine every day, is that moderate and healthy? Probably. Is having, you know, a cocktail at 6 o'clock and then going into your dinner and having, like, two glasses of wine with your dinner that you're cooking or making, is that healthy? I've just really been thinking about it and feeling like, wow. And if you go to the doctor and the doctor asks you, like, if you drink a lot, I think it's five to eight drinks a week is a heavy drinker. Oh. Yeah. Like, sorry, I'm times two at the minimum. Yeah. And and then I, like, feel I was asking a girlfriend. She's like, oh, yeah, everybody drinks that much that you do. But I don't know if they do. No, I don't think everybody does. I don't. I think that there's. And do you think about when you think about, like, your healthy eating or, like, trying to be moderate, does alcohol also play into your thoughts about moderation? Um, I police myself better than you would think. I think I police myself better than most even people know because I talk a lot about it. This came up because my mother was like, uh, you're sounding a little boozy on the radio. Cause Funny, I'm always, she did. oh yeah. She's like, you sound like you're a little bit of a wash. And I was like, you know, it's, it's part of my excitement and I'm communicating things. And and part of that is that's and, funny that your mom observed that because I feel well, like that sometimes too. Like I feel like we talk about it all the time. Yeah, but it's also I mean I talk about I can talk about steaks. I haven't maybe had a steak in like uh, maybe since Christmas, but I can talk about steaks. So a lot of it has to do with our personas and our place in the media where we're sharing information and I'm talking about whiskey and Lord knows. Love all of you. Every time there's like a whiskey funny thing on the on the Facebooks, I get tagged 175 times. That whiskey jam that y'all tagged me on, loved it. Like that's hysterical. But yep. that's because you know I love whiskey and then that get plays into your persona. And so then that's why I was saying like, mom, I don't actually drink that much. But I, I make it, I, it seems like I do because I'm always talking about well, it. Well, and you do have like 500 bottles of liquor at your house. Because- it is. But think about that. I have them there because I'm not drinking them. Yeah, probably. Like the idea is, like if I if I was a the full on, fully fledged boozer hound that I that people think I am, there would be zero bottles there because sister, I would have drunk them all. My sister was aghast when I like said that I'd spent five hundred dollars at Certix. Yeah. Like she was aghast, but and I, I was again, like, really? But I mean, if you think about that, that wasn't just for you. No, we were doing. I mean, it was basically Thanksgiving Christmases. to yeah. New Year's, and we had three Christmases in between. That two was a parties. Stock up. Yeah. I don't find that to be a problem. At all. 
So what I would get down to is the fact of I don't police myself. I don't think of it as healthy or non-healthy. I think of it as a part of my life. I don't think of things as healthy or non-healthy. I don't think of the things as healthy or non-healthy. I think of me as healthy or non-healthy. How am I feeling? How am I doing? Where am I? If I have had a couple of if I've had a couple of rip snort nights, you know, in a row, yep. maybe for media things or for people's birthdays, I'm not healthy. I don't feel good. It's not necessarily about it wasn't the booze, it was me. And so I don't think about it like that. I think about, so then I make the choice to hydrate more because I know that I'm needing water. I don't look at the thing. It's never the thing, it's me. At Voyage Healthcare, we are still open and ready to see you for injuries, chronic conditions, med checks, and acute care. If you are concerned about safety, call to schedule a video visit. If you believe that you have been exposed to the coronavirus or are experiencing any symptoms, please do not come into the office call our coronavirus hotline at 763-587-7900. That number is also found on the voyagehealthcare.com webpage. Thanks, my talkers. At Voyage Healthcare, we are here on the journey with you. But I think that's maybe what makes me different and why I'm concerned about me. <laughs> because like, I, and, and not, like when we sat, we went to a restaurant event and we sat down and there were four drinks there was a lowball drink that was an old fashioned. There was a glass of red wine, a glass of rose, and there was another like um, sparkling cocktail, all of which were great. Yeah. And then we went to the next place and there were four more drinks. And then we went to the next place and there were three drinks. And I, as I was sitting there, I was like trying, I really wanted to drink the one drink because I liked it so much. But I was just like, wow, this is so okay, strange and feels so weird. But. Okay, so there's two things with this. One, did you drink those drinks? Did you drink all the drinks? No, but I was consciously... You were having to stop yourself? I was thinking about it. You were thinking like like, that that you were going to drink all those drinks? I was thinking I wanted to because they all tasted so good and the wines were really great and I liked the drinks, but I knew like I can't, you can't drink four drinks in a sitting and then go to the next place. Right. But I was wondering if anyone else is thinking that and I don't think they were. I think it's my baggage. That's kind of my point. I don't, I mean, I think this is a, this, okay, two things was that we're in this professional setting. This wasn't like we're out. You, I, I feel like you have to separate yourself in these instances. This was a job. We yes. were there as a job. Yes. And it's not like that isn't on you. I'm just saying that it's the same thing of like, if you had 50 plates of pasta in front of you and it was your task to taste all of them, you would never finish each plate. You would take a bite of each one. You're right. And so that, and I wouldn't be thinking twice about that. I had 50 plates of pasta in front of me. I would know I'm not going to eat 50 right. plates of pasta. Right. So I would say that don't worry too much about what your process was there. Because So I think that's what I'm saying. And you're helping me here because yeah. what I have attached is a lot of shame and judgment. Yeah, you should stop that. And it's you. Yeah. Just hold on to you and know what you know. And you know that and put the and the moments of those drinks was like, well, I'm only going to have a sip of those. And that's what they're there. They're not there so that you can and should drink all of them. And if you had wanted to, that's still OK, too, because they were tasty beverages. Yeah, the one was. That's the part of you that makes food important to you and drinks and and tasty. And so there's that piece of that. But it's not, there's nothing about like, because you thought about it makes you bad or because you, because you like them, it makes you bad. It doesn't even make anything. It's just, you know, that again, and and that is a situation that's not normal. You were in a situation where there were four drinks set in front of you at the get-go. And then you had to move on to the next one and there were four drinks right there. We got through that evening and I went longer than you did. And I was not even buzzed after four spaces 
and sampling all these drinks because basically I took I a wasn't sip. Either. I took a sip out of each one. I wasn't either. That's so funny you say that. But then I was like, well, was it because I was so like trying to be so consciously good about it? I don't know. I just have a fraught relationship with alcohol. You do, and I and, and I. I know it's because of my family good history. To think about it. I'm not saying it's not. I guess I just think that maybe if you, you know, maybe if you think more about the person you are in the moment that you're having the drinks instead of the drinks themselves. So if you're having a good time and you're feeling with your friends and you have a you're having a bottle of wine, and right? It's, it's more about where are you? Are you still feeling good? Do you you know is it is it is it another glass? Is it is it another? Are you just gonna let go? You know where are you in the evening? And less about, like, how many did I have and what did I have and is there more coming and all that kind of stuff. And it is interesting, like, I don't know if you talk to, like, your mom friends, but, like, when we really sit and talk realistically about this subject, because I've asked my friends, like, well, how much do you drink in a week, like, on a weeknight? I I am surprised how much people drink. Really? Yes. I know I do because, again, it's our business and it's what we do. But I always think everybody else is drinking a lot less, but they're not. Like, I am always surprised at how much my friends are drinking at home. It's not unusual for many of my friends to have a bottle of wine a night with their husband. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. And then that's five glasses. So between the two of you, let's just say that's two and a half. Yeah. I don't drink two and a half drinks a night. So, but I would go to an event where there'd be five pairings. And I'd be like, oh, you know, and I want to have all the pairings. I also think there's something about... The way that you're drinking and and not in terms of because I used to think when whenever they said you remember in high school where in the in the they told you that if you drink alone, that's a sign you're an alcoholic. Completely. And, and I, I always think that. about that, Stephanie. I do. Well, I'm alone a lot. <laughs> if I'm alone and I have a glass of wine, yeah. that tape plays in my head. Yeah, it's from high school. It's from the 80s yes. when they were like, if you drink alone, you're you have al- a problem. You have a problem. And I'm like, what if I don't have anyone to drink with? And it's more of the fact of, but that's like saying that you are drinking. There is something so much more to that in terms of, are you using it to cope? That's what that's about. Are you by yourself and you, you know, it's a part of like a coping thing. And that's a whole other thing from if I'm cooking dinner for my kid and I'm having a glass of wine. And don't you feel like sometimes drinking is a habit too? Like you're oh, making sure. dinner, you're oh, sure. going to cook and it's like, oh, there's the wine and yeah. you have a glass of wine. Like I, sometimes sure. I'm like, why am I even having this glass of wine? Do I, do I really want it or is it oh. just a habit? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a habit for me of pouring myself a glass of wine totally. while I'm cooking, but that is also part of the pleasure principle. Yep. You know what I mean? And so that's, that makes, and that's part of like, and I never get to the point where I can't finish cooking cause I'm totally blasted but and when we're in like when i'm traveling and i'm in you know italy or i'm in croatia or i'm in montreal and i'm with family or friends or whatever i i mean you are drinking or being presented wine when you're in those communities at lunch at dinner yeah. at happy hour like they drink a lot in those cultures and yeah. those communities and it's and it's wine mostly yeah and again it's definitely part of a meal and it's part of a hospitality piece. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely, it's a, it's it's another product. That's the other thing is that I think there's this idea that, especially wine, which is just a food product, basically, that it is, um, we assign a lot of ideas behind drinking. And that comes from, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's, it's held back because it's made to be so evil to kids so that they don't drink. And I'm not saying that they should. I'm just saying that. You know, we have a lot of discussions. We just, it's a presence in my house. I don't think, you know, my 15-year-old doesn't have any, he said to me, I really don't, 
There's nothing I care to drink. It's funny because I my daughter's 20 now, yeah. and at one point we had everything locked. We were militant about it. I mean, I had a lockbox. We were just, yeah. we were those parents that locked everything away. And talking to her as a 20-year-old, she's like, yeah, I knew how to get in there. Yeah. I she's mean, like, and sometimes we did, and most of the times we didn't because we that just you, don't care. Yeah, I guess I was always, and I'm not saying this is everybody's truth. I'm just saying for me the reality was I grew up with a German, you know, European mother who I had wine when I was eight years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was ever... And it wasn't like I was drinking it every day, but I definitely got like, you know, a wine for like at my birthday. And it was just kind of a thing that was special, but not hidden and evil or seductive or anything else. It yeah. just was part of our daily lives. And I've made the same decision with my kids. And I don't feel like any of them kind of have gone into any sort of dangerous place with it. Well, and I, because alcoholism tends to run in families and yeah. it tends to be genetic in nature, in my belief, like I was so militant with my kid about drugs and alcohol and turns out she doesn't drink very much. She does like pot. I should, she'll talk about, and she knows all the strains and everything else, but she equates sort of uh, pot with like having a glass of wine, which is sort of unusual in my, a lot of people do that now. And I'm in the Nancy Reagan camp still. I'm having a hard time with it, and I'm working through it. But that, you know, Nancy Reagan said, just say no to drugs, and I did, and therefore that was it. And drugs are bad, <laughs> period. Yeah, I have a harder, yet, I have know. a different, I have a whole complicated issue with it that involves, and that's why I say, when I say all this stuff about wine and alcohol and the way that I drink and the way that, I understand. I understand that this is not, I'm not saying this is what everybody experiences, and I'm not, because there a lot of people have a hard, hard time with it, and they battle their kids get caught into bad places. And so uh, this is not like, I'm not saying this is everybody's. No, but I like that we're having an honest conversation about it. But for me, the idea is, and this is the funny part is like, for me, there can never be any marijuana in my house ever, ever, because I have had kids who have had issues with them. And I don't, and I don't ever want to, I mean, that is a, that's a lockdown for me. And Mm -hmm. and it's easier because it's illegal right now, but it's coming where I'm going to have to have other conversations. Right. Because it affects people in my family horribly. And I, it's, you know, there's a whole correlation with mental illness and the way that pot reacts with it. And it's not good. Everyone says, you know, with anxiety that they think that pots chills you out. It does not. And at least in my experiences. And so this is where I'm saying, like, we all have different experiences and it's good to learn from each other what everybody, what other people have gone through. But there, there is no, like, that's my, and, and when we boil it down to the essential question you just had of do you factor alcohol is healthy or not healthy into your life. I don't because it's not about that for me. It is about for other people, but it's not about that for me. It's interesting too. my stepfather, who's still a drug and alcohol counselor. He said um, for many, like some people can drink one day a week and be alcoholics. Yeah. Other people can drink every single day of the week and not be an alcoholic. Really, Stephanie, he said it's about your choices and the consequences that your drinking has on your life and your choices. Yeah. And some people are binge drinkers. Some people just don't like the way that it makes them feel in the way they operate their life and they stop. So it's it's interesting that it's not a quantity. Yeah. And we have there are plenty of people in the world that smoke pot. There just are. Yeah. There are people that are going to smoke pot and have trouble with it. There are people that are going to drink alcohol and have trouble with it. But it's just it's interesting the shame and the guilt and the way we've grown up with some of this stuff and how do you rationalize it or like as I'm sitting there thinking about cooking, you know, and eating healthy. Well, it didn't even occur to me. And and that's not true because I literally don't drink two nights a week because I also do the fasting thing. So that's been part of what I've liked about it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. It's like two days of just taking a break. It's kind of imposed on myself. And it feels good to just like clean out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I just was interested if I didn't mean to get all heavy about this. But no, I mean, it's that's kind of what we do is when we have the time to spin <laughs> off. This These is are what, our second have, helpings conversations. We have we have dug into your anxiety with deli meat. We have <laughs> we have dug into our family issues with chemicals. We have lots of things oh. to talk about that maybe can't go on air. No, maybe <laughs> we, we only have 10 start... second segments on air so that you don't have time to unwrap. And that's what we've done. Okay. And what's funny about this, <laughs> just so you know where our brain is at, in front of us is an article that we were going to start talking about on this podcast, which we'll do another day. We'll do another the day. The 25 cause... tools we can't live without. So we started out with a theme. We yep. ended up somewhere else. But yep. All right. Good talk. Good talk. All right, everybody. This is a summer to stay connected locally. From the pandemic to protests to the upcoming election, there is so much information to take in. And on PodMN, you can access hundreds of Minnesota-made podcasts on one app. Current events, health information, political talk. Plus, you'll find podcasts about sports, true crime, and more. PodMN also comes with listener rewards. In July, you can win gift cards to local restaurants, shops, and more just for listening. Download PodMN on your phone's app store or learn more by visiting PodMN.com. Minnesota podcasts live here.